Welcome. This is Anastasia Uglova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Be sure to log on to our website, www.cato.org, for a full archive of our podcast as well as many other audio offerings. The Cato Institute's 24th Annual Monetary Conference last Thursday coincided with the sad passing of a giant in monetary policy, economist and Nobel laureate Milton Friedman. In today's podcast, I speak with another influential economist, Professor Robert Barrow of Harvard University, who delivered the closing address at the conference entitled Milton Friedman Perspectives, particularly on monetary policy. Professor Barrow, what is your opinion on the proper role for central banks? Yeah, I think the best thing that they can do is to maintain something close to price stability, interpreted in terms of low and stable inflation, and not really try to doctor the business cycle very much, not try to fine-tune the economy, because that's what can lead them into trouble and used to do so before the early 1980s in particular. There's been tremendous success along these lines really since the early to mid-1980s that central banks across the world, not just in the U.S., have pretty much become committed to low and stable inflation. This has been a great triumph. And it's not been at the expense of real economic growth or unemployment. So this is actually working very effectively. With the economy going as strong as it is, are we looking at a potential hike in interest rates? Well, it depends particularly on two things. One, what happens to inflation? And the second thing, especially what happens to the real economy, but most particularly the labor market, because that's what the Fed really responds to. Best estimate at this point is that I think we're close to the peak in interest rates and that they'll likely be declining fairly considerably, I think, if you look over the next couple of years, probably from five and a quarter percent down to as low as, say, four percent, but in a fairly gradual manner. But that depends on projections about the real economy and about inflation, and those could be wrong. I think the Fed is pretty well committed to a way of responding to what happens, what they see about inflation and what they see about unemployment and employment growth particularly. So when Bernanke, for example, when he was talking too much and saying how he didn't know where interest rates were going, he didn't mean he didn't know how the Fed operates. I think he knows how it operates and will operate. What he didn't know is what they were going to have to respond to in terms of inflation and the labor market. So I think we can be confident about the way they'll react depending on what happens. But forecasting is harder because then you have to know all these things that nobody knows, including the Fed. And what's your take on inflation targeting? I think inflation targeting has proved amazingly successful, much more than I would have predicted if you'd asked me in 1982 or 1989. I think the formal procedures that about 20 central banks now follow, New Zealand was the first in 1989, are somewhat better than what the Federal Reserve does. It, it makes it more transparent. It makes it more committed. I think the Federal Reserve would be better off moving in that direction. Bernanke is very familiar with this line of research. He was a major contributor. I think it's just the right person to move gradually toward that system. But it'll only be an incremental improvement because I think the Fed has come fairly close to that really over more than 20 years now. So I don't think it'll be a big change, but I think it will be something of an improvement. How would you evaluate Bernanke's chairmanship of the Fed to date? He seems to be doing very well. He's a very good combination of both academic credentials and somebody who works well interacting with the policymakers and the public. So I think he was an excellent choice, one of President Bush's best decisions, but maybe that's not so difficult if you look in comparison with other ones. Now, you've had the opportunity to work with Ben Bernanke in an academic capacity. Could you tell me a little bit more about the personality that we're dealing with? Well, there was a story. Uh, I was co-running the Money and Banking Workshop in Chicago. This was in 1983, and Bernanke was a fairly recent assistant professor at the time, and he was presenting some of his research there. And 
I was co-chairing the workshop with Robert Lucas, who is a major figure in macroeconomics. So we had another member of the workshop, a regular attendee, who really irritated Bob Lucas. No matter what he said, Bob would get very agitated. So as the workshop wore on in familiar fashion, this other person would continually interject. And I was sitting next to Bob. I could see that he got more and more irritated each time. And finally, it led to an explosion, the last comment, and Bob jumped up and he said, I can't take this anymore, and he ran out of the room, the seminar which he himself was a co-director of, so this was very unusual. But the thing that really struck me is that Bernanke, as a young assistant professor who was giving the talk, didn't react to this because everybody else in the room thought that Lucas was saying, I can't take this anymore, meaning he couldn't take Bernanke's paper and presentation. And for most people, this would have been a really devastating experience. A major figure like Lucas saying, I can't take this anymore, apparently signifying your work. But Bernanke went on in a very cool fashion, and he finished the seminar as though nothing had happened. And then after it was finished, he just came up to me and he said, what's up with Bob? And I inferred from this 20 years later that Bernanke would be very qualified to be in a high-pressure environment like monetary policy and be at the home of the Federal Reserve. So it just gave me some confidence in his coolness under fire. Now, you just gave a closing address at the Cato Institute discussing Milton Friedman's ideas on monetary policy. What was the crux of that thinking? I think the basic idea is he wanted the central bank to be committed to a stable policy so that it couldn't do too much damage to the economy. So he expressed that in terms of constant growth rate rules for certain specified monetary aggregates. So I think the specifics of Milton's proposal has not proved to be so effective, but I think the spirit of what he had in mind in terms of committing to some kind of nominal stable objective I think makes a lot of sense. And I think you can see the form of that in modern inflation targeting, even though that's not exactly the way that Milton put it. So I think he actually was pleased with the way developments have occurred that uh, Central banks really did much better since the mid-1980s than they did before that. And in some general sense, I think it follows the spirit of the policy proposals he had. You've also known Friedman personally. What do you remember about him? I think there's no economist that I was more inspired by and thought I took as a model in terms of the way I did economic research and how I proceeded since I met him in the early 1970s. There are a lot of positive experiences. Sometimes, though, Milton can be very difficult, and if he doesn't like what you're doing, you can certainly tell that that's occurring. I gave a paper once in 1978 at Stanford University, a paper that I published a year later, and I think it's actually a fairly important paper, but Milton didn't like this paper. He thought I was committing the sin of saying that the cost of government was taxes that were being collected rather than the expenditures of the government, which is the resources it's really taking out of the economy. Actually, I wasn't saying that, but Milton read the paper quickly, and he decided I was committing the sin, and he didn't get beyond page 7 when he was reading the paper. So Milton apparently decided that this analysis was worthless because I had this erroneous proposition here. And since he'd only read up to page 7, he didn't want the seminar to go beyond page 7. So he gave me difficulty right from the beginning, and he managed to drag out the whole hour-and-a-half seminar in the first six pages of this paper, and I never really got to the heart of the paper, so... This wasn't so pleasant, but there are many positive experiences I had from Milton, and of course I think he's, as I mentioned earlier today, uh, probably the most influential economist of the 20th century, and that influence is almost always positive. How successful has been his vision among central bankers? Well, the general proposition of committing to something like price stability as a primary objective, not trying to tinker so much with the business cycle, I think he's been very successful there. 
he's not really played a role in terms of the specifics in the way central banks operate, such as this inflation targeting system where it's basically nominal interest rates that are adjusted in response to inflation and other variables. So Milton did not really play a role in the specifics of the design of that kind of policy, but in terms of a more overriding vision and the spirit of what he thought central banks should be doing, I think that that's where he was really critical. And in that sense, he was maybe the most important influence. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.